I'm Tarina. And I'm Kelly. We're the owners of Say Events, a wedding planning company based in beautiful Vancouver, Canada. This podcast is an honest, behind-the-scenes, no-bullshit look into the wedding industry. With over 15 years' experience in the biz, we share the inside details of what goes on into creating a wedding. We'll interview wedding experts, debate topics, and give you real advice only a wedding planner would know. Maybe it's just our moms, but at least we think we're wildly hilarious. Yes, a wedding has many elements and pieces to bring the day together, but that doesn't mean we can't do it with belly laughs and a sense of humor. This is your consultation. Welcome to the wedding session. Hello, everybody. Welcome, welcome. It is Friday. It is a fall Friday. So, you know, this is an earlier recording, but I'm sure it's raining or windy. But where? Yeah. Can you smell pumpkin in the air? Can you smell it? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm feeling a little bit basic today. I'm all wrapped up. I had like a little cable knit blanket somewhere. I've already had my coffee and my smoothie. So I'm feeling fresh. <laughs> I am 100% in plaid that I went to purchase nice. this season specifically <laughs> for fall because I was wearing a t-shirt outside and I was like, it is too cold for a t-shirt but too hot for a jacket what is the thing that goes between a plaid shirt plaid the weather has been so random Mm -hmm. so random i was just camping last last week and i had like 52 layers on and then the sun would come out and i'm down to a tank top and then it's back on again it was (laughs) like i had boots i had shoes i was carrying i had and i had all the wrong stuff with me like i brought (laughs) legit i brought sweaters and bikinis because i didn't know what the weather was going to be like you don't know you don't know you just don't know yeah don't know but we are here to talk about probably one of our favorite subjects ever Mm -hmm. and not because we're experts just because we are consumers uh Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) let's talk about wine baby yes (laughs) yes so we're gonna talk about wine today for your wedding and we're gonna break it down but can we just talk about how much we love it why is it so delicious? I just You know, when you get a really good glass of wine and you have a sip and you're like, mm, this tastes like bad, bad choices later bad on. Bad choices. You know yeah. what I find maybe, because I'm older now, that <laughs> wine is a like a good feeling the whole day. And yes. especially as I'm getting older, I find the better quality of wine, you don't have a headache or, you know feel it. Yes, that is so true. Yeah. Day. There there was a period of time where I was like, Mm-mm, I'm not spending any more than $12.99 on a bottle of wine. And now yeah. as a more mature wine consumer and drinker, I'm like, uh, nothing more than $19.99. You know what I mean? You can have a really, really good <laughs> Yeah. Variety. Show me the list, but you know, yeah. not too much. We'll get th- – I'm sure in our 40s we'll be. <laughs> we'll, be we'll be probably more like, oh, the $25 bottle. It's amazing. <laughs> I mean, we're so spoiled. We live on the West Coast here we and we've do. got, we've got yeah. the Okanagan, like the Naramato bench. Mm-hmm. Like we just have some really, really awesome wine. So we're pretty Yeah, we're very California north. So we have mm-hmm. a lot of really great grapes here. We're mm-hmm. very fortunate to have that access to us as well. Oh, yeah. But we're here to talk about – so we're going to break this episode up into two parts because there is a lot of wine. We could have broken it up into 10 parts, but we really oh. narrowed it down. Also, we thought if we were going to talk specifically about grapes and varietals, we should have an expert on with us because we're not novice, but I wouldn't say we're sommelier level. Yeah. I mean, I took my Wesset level one a thousand years ago. So like I can kind of give you basics, but not really. (laughs) Not really. So what we're going to kind of convey here is your first 
the first experience of this podcast, the specific topic of wine, is the wine choosing leading up to the day and how that's going to affect your overall day itself. Then the second part of the podcast is really about the wedding day, um, what you need to do with the wine, uh, how to kind of serve it and and a whole bunch of other layers. But we're going to start with kind of the beginning leading up in your planning process, what is important to highlight. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the first one is obviously choosing it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So let's just say any wedding you go to, it it doesn't matter. It could be at the high end Fairmont Pacific Rim bajillion dollar floral installments versus a country in the backwoods of Mississippi. (laughs) There's wine there, right? The common denominator at weddings is there's you know, there's someone in a dress, mostly. And Most wine. Generally. I, I would say that's not even true. I would say wine is the only thing that's wine the common is- denominator at every totally wedding. Is. It totally yeah, is. Yeah, wine is. and beer. Wine and beer. Wine and beer. Yeah. Everybody loves it. Everybody knows it. Everybody understands it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everybody knows red or white. It's a very yes. common thing. Yeah. So wine is very important to choose leading up to the day, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I th- yeah, and I think with that kind of just just getting started, mm-hmm. consider the season that you're getting married in. So, are you getting married in the summer? Are you getting married in the winter? Are you getting married fall, spring? I mean, usually in the summertime, I feel like more people will drink more whites, um, just because it's usually chilled. It's a little cooler. Um, mm-hmm. If it's in the winter time, I feel like the red wines are typically a little bit more popular, only because they're a little more room temperature. You usually have heartier meals as well, so. Um, some people abide by the whole, like, if you have, you know, meats, then you want to go with, like, a fuller red. If you, mm-hmm. you know, others would um, disagree with that comment, and they're like, it doesn't matter what kind of proteins you're eating. You can have a red or a white. It really depends. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would really just kind of consider when you are um, planning your overall wedding and the wine that you're looking at is considering what um, – what, like you're what what you're going to be eating mm-hmm. um, and and talking with your chef is going to be a really really um, helpful tool for this mm-hmm. when you are figuring out like what your you know what your menu is going to end up being so if you're going to have more meat if you're going to have more veg- vegetables or veg- you go with a vegan menu um, <coughs> and figuring out what's going to pair the best because the reason why people usually will have wine is because it's really again about the overall guest experience and mm-hmm. you want to have a nice food experience pairing your wine will actually just, um, it kind of does double duty. Not only do you have it during cocktail hour, but then you're also enjoying your overall dinner and your overall meal and having like a really nice full bodied red or like a really light white wine, um, depending on what your menu is, is just going to enhance the overall experience. Yeah. And then also when you're considering choosing your wine, Mm -hmm. you should consider um, not getting anything too heavy. So this is a very common kind of thing we see, a common um, catering thing, restaurant, hotel, is that typically the base wine or what they call is the house wine Mm -hmm. is very light or it's a blend. So we encourage you to stay away, especially with the reds, we encourage you to stay away from like a Merlot or like a Pinot Noir because they're usually quite not, I don't want to say potent, but they're stronger where most palates can accept a blend of grapes Mm -hmm. or like something that's a lot lighter that, you know, the restaurant has kind of uh, figured out works well in crowds. So you want to really take like the, uh, you want to consider two options in that you want to consider, is it a blend or is it a lighter version? Mm -hmm. And what is the restaurant telling me or what is the catering telling me or what is the Mm -hmm. hotel telling me? Because they've seen a bajillion weddings. They do three, four a week, right? So they know 
that guests are like, oh, I love this and I could drink a ton of it or, oh, I hate mm-hmm. this. It's too heavy and stuff, right? Absolutely. And I mean, you you will obviously know at the end of the day what your guests are going to want to. Like if you're more wine drinkers, if they're more beer drinkers, if they are wine drinkers, you might have a bit of an idea of like, are they more red? Are they more white? Are they a little more sophisticated in their palate? So they might actually want something a little more adventurous. Or if you're like, you know what? I just need something like middle of the road that, that everyone will enjoy and will, you know, it will taste okay. I mean, we always, I always joke about the whole, like the Chardonnay. And if any of you guys have ever watched, um, sideways a million and a half years ago, everyone had a major hate on for the poor little Chardonnay. And I just think you just have to have it unoaked. It's fine. (laughs) Some people just really, really hate the Chardonnay and people have like a really like visceral reaction to it. And so if they see, you know, if they see Chardonnay on your, on the wine menu, then some people might be like, Oh yes, I really want that. Or like, Mm -hmm. no, 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 (laughs) far, far away. No Chardonnay. (laughs) It's so true. Um, Another thing to consider when you are choosing your wine for your wedding Mm -hmm. is that you need to consider your guests, right? So Mm -hmm. are your guests, like you said, wine drinkers, but are they wine drinkers that know wine? Are Mm -hmm. they drinkers that um, will drink anything? Do they Mm -hmm. even care? Do they just want some wine on the table or do they want specific pairings? Now, you don't have to please everybody, but I do think you have to please obviously yourselves and Mm -hmm. your parents or, you know, whoever the important, you know, people that are in your lives, because I'm just going to use parents as an example. It's not always the case, but uh, we have a couple that the dad is a very, very much into wine, very like that's his thing. He um, knows it. So he is specifically looking at the wine list to pair with their Mm -hmm. plate at dinner service. That is extremely important to them. Mm -hmm. And it's important because it's important to their dad. So the dad it's a reflection of his choices to his guests, which are half of his family. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where you have to look at, like, who are the important people that are coming here that it's that they're they're t- really hosting the event, yeah. Like in yeah. a in a more the front of house kind of way. We we are doing the back of house, but they are the front <laughs> of house hosting. They're the face of the event along yeah. with the bride and groom. Exactly. So that's what you kind of have to think about, like who would would my dad or my mom be kind of upset that there was bad wine on the table? I know Mm -hmm. my dad would be kind of annoyed and my mom wouldn't care. (laughs) And my grandpa um, thinks he knows wine, but doesn't. Yeah. Yeah, See, my my vovo used to make wine. We used to call it porch climber because it was so strong. Uh, (laughs) You would have like a sip of it and you'd be like, I think I'm actually drunk right now. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, I think it really depends because, um, yeah, like my, my family like to drink, um, you know, Real's family, they don't really drink at all. So it's also figuring out like, um, which kind of leads us into the, um, into our next topic is about, um, getting, how much do you end up getting when it comes Mm -hmm. to offsite catering, but making sure that you, uh, that you have enough of a variety. And, and when we say that, we mean like, two options. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. all you need to have is like, you know, maybe two reds and two whites. And then that way, if people have a more of um, a complex palette when it comes to wine, then they feel like they have a little bit of a choice. If some people are like, I don't really care. Is it red or white? I don't really, mm-hmm. you know, like I plan on getting lit tonight. They're like, yeah. okay, great. Yeah. Pick Here's whichever one you want. Yeah. Great. Pick whichever one you want. So I think, I think if anything, it's also about getting a little bit of like a tally of what your demographic is and figuring out if you think mm-hmm. that um, it's going to be really important to them. Because Wine for for us, I know for you and I, it's mm-hmm. a it's an important part of the overall meal experience. Where mm-hmm. some people are like, I don't really care. 
Yeah. Like if I do, if I could do like a you brew and you can get some really, really tasty you brews or like, I would rather just do that. Like, I don't really care about going to the, to the liquor store and spending X amount of dollars on yeah. per bottle. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I think it just, I think, yeah, it really sort of depends again on who your guests are and what they're going to want, yeah. what season you're looking at again, whether it's summer, whether it's winter, um, mm-hmm. what your menu ends up being again, chatting with, uh, with your catering and figuring out what's going to kind of be the best for that. So, but uh, yeah. the and next another thing to consider oh, though is when you're choosing your wine is, um, I guess this does lead kind of into our next topic is Ooh. how many hours are your guests present on the venue, right? So, yes. for example, there are weddings that are split up between two venues, at, either at a church or a field or wherever they're getting married, mm-hmm. and the reception is somewhere else. However, a lot of places you do both. You have your ceremony on site and then you move on to reception. So mm-hmm. that means your guests are there maybe for three hours longer, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Do you want to have, you know, just cocktails going all the way or do you want to have more wine in the beginning, you know, so people are taking their time to get to a nice place <laughs> feeling, <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, versus, um, you know, like just, just like a nice slow buzz. We don't need, right. we don't need a... It's a gradual. It's a gradual feeling. Gradual yeah. numbness of the toes and the calves. I was feeling in the back of my calves. I'm just like, this hits a really good. <laughs> oh, for sure. I always feel a little like I chat really fast. Like, ooh, that's strong. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. If it's if it's possible, I could talk faster. I can. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But you want to consider like, okay, are my guests are walking in at five or are they walking mm-hmm. in at two thirty to mm-hmm. the bar being open? Okay, mm-hmm. am I gonna offer, you know, this lighter wine or maybe I'm gonna do like a boozy punch, but not really. It's mostly mm-hmm. pineapple juice, right? <laughs> With like an ounce of rum. <laughs> a little bit of water. Lots of yes. water in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so sure. that's what you have to consider too is like timing of your event. And we can go uh, further into that with a bar calculator that we like to use mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think also having said that too is again, sort of talking about whether it's your offsite catering, which is something um, that we always, we actually work a lot with. And that's really more like you're going to the the field, you're going to um, a venue that doesn't have catering in-house versus actually working with a team that has in-house catering, which means that they would most likely have their bar as well. So when you are figuring out what that looks like, then you can, whether you have to have enough wine or you know, beverages, we're going to talk about wine, if you have it at location number one or location number two, if you are doing everything on site and the catering exists on site, then it's it's a little bit easier for you logistically because you are going to be relying really heavily on the venue to help guide you with this and help provide a lot of these items for you versus yeah. what I think we're going to launch into right now is the offsite catering. Yeah. Well, let's give a bit of an example, right? So <laughs> say you're getting married at uh, the Vancouver Club. The mm-hmm. Vancouver Club has a bar in-house. They have liquor stocked to the max. They have a list that you can choose from and you can pick the wines that you want. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll have a sub point to that in a minute. Yeah. Uh, however, off-site catering. So that's when you get a venue such as UBC Boathouse, a really beautiful venue in Richmond. Mm-hmm. It's you know, a really nice space that is empty. (laughs) So you need to bring in your own catering and your own bar. So Mm -hmm. that's when you would go and buy your own wine or you would hire a bartender or bartending service to handle um, the purchasing and selling of the wine to you or you Mm -hmm. get catering to handle it, which Mm -hmm. is another common thing too. Mm -hmm. But you, a lot of couples go for this option to have the option to provide their own bar because it kind of saves you money on the back end. And I say kind of loosely because 
Okay, I'm just going to break it down here. So you see a bottle of that's $30. That's their base price for it at a restaurant. And you're like, oh my God, I can go to the store and get that for $12. Yes, you can. But you're forgetting a few things. You're forgetting the gas it's going to take you to get from the liquor store to the venue. You're going to forget the time that it took you to go and buy it and bring it and chill it. At you're three different forget- stores because yeah. three different liquor stores didn't have it all. Yes. You're going to forget the labor it costs to pour that such wine. That's why it's $30. You're also going to forget that there is a glassware involved and that you had to rent that glass for 70 cents. So mm-hmm. it sometimes comes to almost the same cost in the end. It's a time versus money thing, which we always talk about. And you yeah. can go either way with it, but that is really kind of what it's about. Mm-hmm. The only, <laughs> yeah. the one good thing that I do like about the whole offsite catering, bringing in your own alcohol is that of course you have a say in what you're mm-hmm. bringing in. You have, you, you have control over what you're drinking, um, some people, some people don't care. They're just like red or white house is totally fine. And some people mm-hmm. are really, really conscious about what they're serving and they want to make sure that it tastes really great, that it matches really well, that they're going to enjoy it too. Maybe they want to bring in a few different types of, of wine as well. So mm-hmm. the offsite catering, why it is so, um, exciting for people is that they're like, Oh, this is great. I can go and get my own and I know I'm going to like it. However, mm-hmm. how much of you, how much time does your life cost you? Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because yeah. then on the back, because then on the back end too, and I think we kind of talk about this as well, is that depending on um, how your if you go to the um, a local government liquor store, as long as you have the original receipt and it's uh-huh. in the original packaging, if you've had your event and you have not consumed all of your beverages, uh-huh. um, we always joke about this. If you haven't gone through all your wine, you can bring it back. And people are like, ha ha ha, I will just yeah. drink it at home. Yes. <laughs> but yeah. you can, you would have the option of bringing that back. So not only did you spend time and money, gas money and all that stuff to go get the wine. Now you have to spend time and gas money to go back and return, return all it. of the wine. So <laughs> yeah, sure. You got to choose what you wanted. But you also spent 15 hours driving all over God's green earth so that you can get a $10 bottle of wine. Yes. Now, there is a hybrid way to get the wine you want at a venue that has their own bar. So let's go back to like the Vancouver Club or, you know, Mm -hmm. um, Dockside Restaurant's a great example too. Is if you don't like any of the wine on the list, Mm -hmm. fine, no problem. Uh, You ask about a corkage fee. And be prepared because a corkage fee is not cheap. <laughs> mm-mm, yeah. Mm-mm. So, okay, got that 10 bottle of wine. Great. Corkage fee is 15 bucks. Excuse me. But if you think about it, the bottle of wine in house was 30. You're only spending 25 for a bottle. You're still kind of winning by $5. Is, so, you know, this, this is not always the case, but that's kind of how it works. <laughs> this, this actually literally happened with a couple yeah. uh, a couple years ago. And that's what it was. And it was like the week of the wedding. And they're like, you know, we're just not happy with the wine list that we've been given. Mm-hmm. What is a corkage fee? And I think it was about 15 or $17. And they found a bottle of wine that was like 12 or $13. So they went to the liquor mm-hmm. store. They made the time and energy. They went out and got it. They brought it back. And it was still, it was around the same price as what their house wine would have been, but yeah. at least they were happy with the overall wine itself. Now, mm-hmm. them bringing in the wine, so there's there's two different things to think about. They can bring in their own wine, pay the mm-hmm. corkage fee, and the corkage fee is a, is a sort of, um, it's what venues will charge as a fee to cover the costs of what they would have earned in their liquor sales. Because yes. food and beverage is where a lot of their venue, a lot of venues actually will make their money. They mm-hmm. don't really necessarily make it on the room. Um, it's usually like a food and beverage minimum spend, which you may have heard during your planning process. That's really what that is. So if you end up bringing in your own booze, they're like, well, what the hell? We're losing out on this money. They're going to charge you a corkage fee. Yeah. So um, so that's kind of what that looks like. So you can either bring it in or 
uh, you can arrange for them to bring in the wine for you. Some so the venues, venue. Yeah. The venue. So if you say, hey, venue, I don't like your wine, but I do like this wine. Can you please bring in that wine to serve? They won't charge you the corkage fee normally. However, you have bought the whole inventory. All of it. So yeah. if you buy, if you're like, oh, I want like, you know, five cases and, you know, there's six bottles in a case or 12 bottles in a case, whatever, however big it ends up being, then you've bought all of those bottles because <laughs> they don't normally sell that wine. There's no way they're going to move that wine out of their inventory. So, mm-hmm. um, so that might be your middle ground as well that maybe you can talk to them to the venue about. And we have some of our clients sometimes will do that, especially for dinner. Yeah, They'll be like, yeah. wine and beer, whatever you guys are serving, that's fine. I really want to control the wine that we're serving at dinner. Yeah. So I definitely want to pick that myself. And then let's just burn through it through the rest of the night. And then whatever is left over is whatever we're, we're serving. <laughs> yes. And uh, specifically to BC, you have to buy the wine from the BC liquor store. It's yep. a specific government controlled liquor store not a private pirates. yeah because <laughs> it's taxed properly right blah, so blah, blah. Here, totally <laughs> but you know it's sometimes a nicer uh way just for them to do it because then you're kind of eliminating one step that you don't have to go to get everything exactly exactly <laughs> yeah and they're going to charge you the same prices that you would buy in the liquor store but they're going to mm. do the work for you exactly so yeah, yeah. For sure. for sure. so that was like hopefully a breakdown you guys understood about that part <laughs> but let's kind of <laughs> go more into catering so offsite catering, it's often in a space where there's um, catering and maybe a bartender has been provided either by yourself or by mm-hmm. a caterer. So that the question becomes is if you run out of wine, if you don't buy enough, who is going to get them <laughs> more mm-hmm. wine? Mm-hmm. And it's happened before for sure. So you want to make sure that you overbuy in catering because at a restaurant or a venue, they can go to their fancy Mm-hmm. storage and be like, oh, look, here's like a bajillion don't. more wines that I can pick from. No problem. But Just down the hallway. Yes. But in catering, that's never the case. So you have mm-hmm. to either buy enough, like almost a, like one and a half more than you would think you would need mm-hmm. uh, versus, you know, getting not enough and then sending somebody out. And mm-hmm. you don't want to send somebody away from your wedding to go buy wine. That sucks. <laughs> yeah, and who gets yeah. to do that? Yeah, I've already been drinking wine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm the reason you ran out. Don't make me go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you just need to uh, break down the costs or the the amount properly. And mm-hmm. we have a teeny little bar calculator that we kind of use. Um, by all means, it's nothing that we actually put into a calculator online. We've just been doing it in catering forever. And I swear our numbers are pretty close. Pretty close. To what we it's, need. A loose, it's a very loose formula. Yeah. So how we do it, and we're going to share it with you today, <laughs> and yeah, the only way I've ever done it is on a paper. Yeah. Paper and pencil, folks. Paper and pencil. Yeah. So try to follow us. Um, I'm going to do it in three. So, uh, <laughs> okay, there are 30 people coming to your wedding. Obviously, that's not a true answer, but that's how we're going to do it. 30 people are coming to your wedding. Okay. We go, everybody drinks one drink an hour per person. Okay, 30 times 3 is 90. <laughs> Are we going? Are we following there? <laughs> that's You're basically saying that's like 90 drinks total. There's going to be 90 things of alcohol that are consumed at your wedding. And that's a generous number, right? You're going to write it down. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm on my calculator right now because I'm, okay. I'm following this. Okay, so. Yeah, so 90 drinks. So what I usually do is I split it up between all the beverages that are going to be, you know, at your wedding. You have your wine, you have your beer, and you have your spirits and your highballs and whatever. So you divide it by 90 by three. Okay, you get 30. I did that because 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going off the top of my head here. And so you're thinking, okay, like 30 glasses of wine. That's where I got the number from, right? So, uh, and then is it like four glasses a bottle of wine? Is that what you usually do? Four no, to five? It, it's, it depends on who's pouring. Yes. <laughs> typically, typically it's usually, I used, used to do five glasses of wine in a 750 milliliter bottle. So your standard wine bottle, you're going to get about five glasses out of that. Some people get four. They are my favorite pours. But typically (laughs) when you're thinking about this, you want to think it's going to be five glasses. Yeah. So then you would take the number, okay, I have 30 glasses of wine and I'm going to divide it by four. Now that number I can't do. So Kelly, if you- Well, let's do it by five. Okay. So 30 divided by five is six bottles. So that's how we got to six bottles. I hope you guys followed along and we can write this out in our show notes. We're going to write out this like very loose formula for you guys. (laughs) Yeah. And there is so many bar calculators online, but I've seen this one work over time. Actually, I think Mm -hmm. you taught me it. (laughs) I taught you this. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Basically, the the way you do it, and like we say, it's a very, very loose thing, is you have to consider how long is your actual drinking time. So if you have cocktail hour starting at six o'clock, and the bar is closed at midnight. Mm-hmm. That's a six-hour window of drinking. Mm-hmm. Legally, you're only have you know they always say you're supposed to have one drink in front of you. And when you pace yourself, in theory, it's one drink per person per hour. Mm-hmm. So that's really kind of where we were coming up with this random like number. So yeah. you've got one drink per person per hour over and and if it's a six-hour event, mm-hmm. that means in theory they're going to have six drinks throughout the evening. Now, yeah. of course. You're going to have some people that will drink more and you'll have some people that will not drink as much. Yeah. You might have some people that don't drink at all. And then you'll have mm-hmm. those folks end up drinking for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where that's where it's a very kind of a loose thing. And then when you figure out, okay, I need X amount of beverage, glasses of wine, mm-hmm. and you know that there's five drinks in a, in a bottle, mm-hmm. you can kind of figure out from there like, okay, well, I need approximately six bottles of wine. But you know what? I'm going to bring eight just in case. Just in case. Yes. And that's really and that's really kind of where it comes down to. So we used to do calculations sometimes to be like eight bottles of wine. Well, what the hell? We're going to bring a whole case. We want case, 12 bottles. Yeah. We're yeah. going to bring 12 bottles just in case. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah. Let me see if I can figure out. Well, bottles. yeah. And another note to that is that, um, okay, so now you have maybe – 10 guest tables and there's eight guests per table. You know, in tradition, you have one white and one red to table. Now, if you've been listening to our calculation, that's 10 glasses of wine at the table, which is two glasses more. But that's okay because someone is going to have more wine with dinner and some will have less. So even when you're kind of mapping out your tables and you're just doing the dinner wine, I would get like if you had 10 guest tables plus your head table, I would get a case of each, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. As that would cover you, right? That would be. Sometimes yeah. Sometimes yeah. it's easier just to get, you know, two cases of like each. So you have, if you're, if you're planning on doing two different mm-hmm. kinds of, actually, we're going to keep it really simple. You've got one <laughs> type of red and one type of white. I would do two cases of the red and two cases of the white. That's four yeah. cases of wine in total. Now, mm-hmm. again, you're going to have some people that drink red, some people that drink white and Remember too, we were talking earlier about like making sure you have enough because if you're out in dog patch BC trying to get married in a stick, like the stick somewhere and there's no liquor store to be found, then you want to make sure that you have enough there. But remember, if at six o'clock you run out of wine, then your math is wrong. (laughs) If at at 10 o'clock you're running out of wine, you'll be fine. 
Yeah, people You'll will be switch. Fine. You know, at that point, they don't yeah, care. Yeah, exactly. Right, yeah. So I feel like there's, there's, and this is partly where talking with your wedding planner, talking with your catering, talking with uh, the bartender that's going to be there, and getting a little bit of guidance. Because honestly, we can sit here and give you all these math equations and throw in some letters in there and make it a full algebra equation here for you. Um, but you, on like, this is why you would want to be reaching out to the professionals and we can help guide you and give you some, some feedback on what we think you might need. Same mm-hmm. with getting, same with getting like your spirits, for example, we'll dip into that really quickly. If we tell you, well, you're going to need, you know, if you only get one smaller bottle of, of liquor, you're going to need 52 bottles of them. But if you go across the line to Alberta and you get like a giant 40 pounder, you're all like, I only need two. <laughs> yes. right? You're like, that's yeah. 40 shots each. So, and you're getting a whole bunch of different kinds. So it's, it, it really sort of depends in the size with which you're getting your wine. Mm-hmm. Some people, actually, there is a, a company in Vancouver called the Vancouver Urban Winery. Mm-hmm. They actually do wine by the keg. It's really hey, cool. That is cool. It's, it's wine on tap. So that's not in a bottle. That's in a that's in a keg. Well, for how many how many bottles are in that? I don't know. So you really want to just um, <laughs> this is really just to kind of give you an idea of what you're potentially going to need. Again, mm-hmm. the overall lesson here: making sure you have enough. Mm-hmm. A little more is better than not enough. Mm-hmm. And um, asking the professionals for a little bit of guidance. Yeah. Now another <laughs> tip though is uh, okay. Say you have bought more wine to accommodate maybe the extra and you have full intentions of returning some wine if you don't want if it's not consumed right mm-hmm. you need to highlight it and tell the bartender and the catering or whoever's t- making in charge of your wine that tidbit of information because mm-hmm. the amount of times that we've seen things ripped open and shoved into ice buckets to cool down well, now the wine label is wet and can't be returned. Or these boxes of beer have been opened and can't return. Most people don't, but if that's really, really important to you, you have to be very mindful of that potential mm-hmm. um, thing that could happen. And, you know, the bar going to go fast and there's lots of people. So you have to mm-hmm. make sure that uh, the bartender is like conscious, like I'm not going to open this box until I absolutely have to. Right. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And or it's chill it in a fridge, not in ice. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and it's really tricky too. We did a wedding a couple of weeks ago that was outside uh, in a winery. And again, it was like, we were able to chill some of the stuff, but it was so hot out that day too, mm-hmm. that you basically yeah. need to make sure that everything is as chilled as much as you can. Because mm-hmm. then the other, on the other hand, n- being really mindful about not wanting to chill things too quickly or get it into an ice yeah. bucket where the, all the labels start like peeling off. Then you're like, well, this is, this is warm white wine. This tastes <laughs> shades of piss folks. This is yes. really bad. Right. Yeah. Can I get like an ice cube for my glass of wine? Yes. <laughs> Not oh, good either. No. So, yeah. so at the end of the day, I guess it's just about making sure that the bartenders are aware and if they're good bartenders, then you don't have to tell them. <laughs> Yes. Like they, they will know. Um, and especially if they're coming in and it's your wine and they're serving it for you and you just say, Hey guys, whatever we don't consume, I'd like to return. Then they should be like, yeah, no worries. We'll make sure that it's, it's, it's still okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, our last kind of point here is we want to talk about, um, this is super common that happens on weddings with us all the time mm-hmm. is that sometimes the head table wants a nicer wine for their table because, you know, they're the bride and groom or the couple. It's their wedding day. Like, why not? Or maybe we want to have mom's table have more expensive wine. We don't want to give, you know, all the other hundred tables uh, (laughs) that. (laughs) We want to give, um, we want to give these guys kind of the more expensive and then they can have the house, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So in all my years of ever planning, I've never, ever seen this executed properly. (laughs) You know, there's always one table that's just like, uh, we know about the special wine. 
where is it? And you're like, oh. yeah. And at the moment of wine service, there is so many other things going on. It's when the guests are moving up to get food or the buffet or plated service is happening. There's Mm -hmm. so many things happening in back of house. It is like one of the big things that always gets absolutely missed. Even we miss it. Like we can have it highlighted, written on our hand, all that stuff. But we're more focused on getting wine out in general and getting people up to the buffet. That's really where our main energy is focusing on. Mm -hmm. Maybe even sometimes helping the couple get through whatever they need to get through in that moment or fix their dress or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't really have any advice for this except don't do it. (laughs) Well, I mean, the the thing too is that especially if you are, if you've communicated this information. So we had one, uh, we did this, this happened Few weddings ago mm-hmm. where we had some I don't want to say miscommunication but there were just some, some changes on where the family tables were that were supposed to be getting their wine mm-hmm. and so one of the tables ended up getting missed and it was a parent table and wow. you know you can bend over backwards and be like I'm so sorry here we go we've got your wine um to them in that moment it's like they felt neglected and and mm-hmm. like I can't mm-hmm. believe you didn't bring it out but it was like it's it's you weren't in the table that we thought you were because <laughs> yeah. if yeah. you are doing, cause how many of us do know this where the family, like the tables, the numbers are changing. We've had to move people around or especially in the era of COVID right now, where we are going up from like, we went to 10 to 50 to 150 back yeah. down to 80 back yeah. up to a hundred again. And now it's like, is it inside? Is it outside? It's just, it depends on the venue because they have a certain, you know, a capacity now. So and people are moving around and people are dropping off because they can't come anymore. And so there's a lot of just movement around. And so mm-hmm. it can be a little bit tricky if you're trying to isolate three tables out of 15 of them that are having like the bougie wine yeah. and everyone else gets like the bronze package wine, like, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, so, so it, it, it can be a little bit challenging. And the other thing too, is it also comes down to optics sometimes because everyone, <laughs> if you've ever been to a wedding before and it's right before dinner, people are eagle eye staring that buffet down oh, and yeah. when they it's see like they haven't it, eaten in years they haven't <laughs> eaten in years and when they're looking at another table and they get wine first all of a sudden everyone just perks up in their seats yes. and they're like what are they getting what are they getting what's going on is it are yeah. they getting food they're getting they're getting wine how come they're getting wine we're not getting wine why yeah. is it a different label why do they you know and so it becomes ravenous a, holy <laughs> shazam it gets it can get a little aggressive no it can yeah so the one thing that i noticed I had one couple they did this actually when we were in catering our catering days and the groom was a wine connoisseur he loved his wine and he was adamant about having a specific wine for the head table and everyone else got the regular like what other the regular rest of the wine Mm -hmm. and the way he did it was he said this box is our for ours for the head table Mm -hmm. please pour it into a wine carafe so that nobody noticed there was a difference in wine level. And he was really concerned. He's like, I just don't want people to know. So obviously he had a lot of guests that were also um, in tune with the whole wine connoisseur and <laughs> wine world and all that good fun stuff. So um, so for him, and that actually worked out really, really well. And because we were catering, we made sure they were like, yes, this is just for the head table. Let's just keep refilling. So he had two crafts on the table and two backups. And we just made sure that they were replenished throughout dinner. And it was very seamless. It was very smooth. But it was only for the head table. It wasn't the head table plus table four, table seven, and table nine. Nine is way in the back. (laughs) Yeah, it's so weird. Yeah. It's always like, oh, and there's an obscure table. Or like the head table was 
Mister, you know what? In my experience, I all if it's an offsite catering thing, I always can't find the one box. I don't know what it is in the cosmics yes. of the universe. That box could be neon yellow, and I cannot find it anywhere. And yes. I usually find it hours later. Like, yes. oh, there it is. There it is, right in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> it's honestly, it's it, yeah. it can be tricky, and especially if you are doing offsite as well, you mm-hmm. are usually in a backyard. You're in grass. Yeah. You're there's Every like time. there's no walls, there's no lighting, there's no like it's just it's a totally it's a totally different game. And and yes, yes. things just get missed or placed. They or get moved. The, yeah, it's in the back of someone's. Oh, this wedding had so much wine. You're only allowed to. <laughs> did you know, ladies and gentlemen, you're only allowed to have so much alcohol on the premises, depending mm-hmm. on your venue. He had so much booze. He had it in his car out front and he would, we'd have to like wheel out, <laughs> grab more wine, empty out oh empty boxes and bring more wine in. And he went through half of his, of his wine. I was actually shocked at how much they went through. Um, they went through a lot, but again, like when you're doing offsite, you're in the middle of nowhere sometimes. And so mm-hmm. if you have things in a car or it's somebody was supposed somebody was supposed to bring it and it's buried underneath all your other things. And then sometimes there is a concern of that. So honestly, don't overthink it streamline it as much as you can yeah you know what we, we always say we're not it's not this isn't a club it's not a restaurant it's a yeah. wedding it's a wedding it's a reception wedding. yeah go easy go simple mm-hmm. our advice is uh it doesn't matter if it's 10 bucks or 100 dollars glass or bottle on your table people will drink the free wine that's sitting oh, yeah. in front of them they don't care i mean no. it's really ultimately your decision on how much of the guest experience you want to enhance mm-hmm. or be a part of when it comes to selecting wine but you know, you're not all of your guests are going to walk up to you and be like, this wine is terrible or this wine is awesome. Who does that? No one does right. that on the wedding. They're going to talk oh. about it behind your back. But <laughs> but they're, they dare not do it on your wedding day. Also, did oh. they pay for it? No, they could have been sitting at home watching Netflix, but instead they're here dressed up at a wedding. And, and they're drinking COVID. your wine. It's And you know, COVID with the restricted guest count, you should be fucking thankful that you were allowed to come. You were chosen right. to be here. Exactly. Be blessed with this choice. Exactly. <laughs> That's so true. Well, guys, you're going to tune in next week because part two, we're going to talk about wine at your wedding day on the wedding day itself. And we have so many more things to say about that. Oh, so many things. (laughs) So until next Friday, guys, take care. Bye. Hey there. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Wedding Session. Remember to hit subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast so you can get updates to your phone for the latest episodes. Want to connect with us? Hit us up on Instagram at The Wedding Session. We're people first and planners second and understand everyone deserves their own unique wedding experience. So when it comes to planning your wedding, do what's right for you. This episode was written, produced, and created by us. us.